welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode 106. Uh, be sure to give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, your iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Check us out on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. With that being said, it is Sunday morning. Uh, it's really cold. Fall is definitely here. I'm joined again, as always, with my co-host, Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? I hate cold. Yes, yeah, it's... Just, uh... So much. <laughs> what is... Hold on, let me... Let me... Pull up the AccuWeather. What 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 is you guys' uh, temperature right now? I'm gonna have to follow your lead and pull something up because I have no. It, it's 51 degrees out. All right, we're at, we're at, we're at 48, but it, it feels like 32. It, it feels like nothing. It feels, <laughs> it, it, like I was not built for the cold. I don't know why why they might when my grandparents came here they chose to settle in the Northeast. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, I realized fall, well, I mean, like, yesterday it felt really good outside. I was like, oh, fall's here, it's, you know, the wind's blowing. But it was a nice day outside yesterday. And this morning it's just, like, I haven't even stepped outside yet. It's just cold, just in general. Like, just straight burr. The burr is really real. Um, fall is here. So you guys, you know, uh, stock up on that medicine. Because, you know, this that time of year when the cold start running rampant. And, you know, people, people start getting infected, spreading their sicknesses and all that, all that stuff, so. Um, Wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. Repeatedly. Oh, my God. Um, so, nah. so, before before we get going, I have, I have a little, qui- uh, not even quiz, I have a little bit of, um, I have a something for you. That right. one. So, off the top of your head, guess how many Instagram followers Terrence Bud Crawford has? Um, hmm. It's so hard for me to gauge, like, his star power. I'm going to say he's not... Is he, is he in the millions? No. Okay, I, I would guess not. Um... Ten thousand? He has two hundred about two hundred and eighty thousand. Now, guess how many Adrian Broner has? I would guess a lot more. Right. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna go three fifty. Uh no, he is at about eight hundred. Oh. Yeah. Eight hundred oh he's about nine hundred thousand. Now, guess how many Golden Boy lightweight prospects Ryan Garcia has? <laughs> 15,000? Uh, no. 
Ryan Garcia has approximately 1.3 million followers. Whoa. All right, so I'm, I'm way off on all these. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm going to send you a picture of Ryan Garcia. You'll see why. <laughs> it threw me off because I, like, I, 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 I knew who Ryan Garcia was. Because, you know, I like him see his name around, but, like, I didn't know. He, he's basically Golden Boy's answer for what what happens when Canelo's done. Yes, yeah, and the reason I, well, for one, I'm, I'm not a, a boxing expert. But I guess low because I knew I knew people who knew who Garcia was. But, I, yeah, I, I didn't envision, well, I'll, I will wait till this picture happens and then maybe all will become clear. <laughs> as to why his number is so high. Alright, let's uh What? Hold up, hold up. Right <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he's like fifteen. He looks like Justin Bieber. This is like Sage Northcutt's like younger cousin. This is this is Mexican Sage Northcutt. Except not as muscular. He didn't do karate. <laughs> He's twenty years old. He looks every bit. I would. I would even go as far as to say he looks like he's about sixteen, seventeen. Like this, this, it just like. Uh, it, it blew my mind a bit because I'm like Adrian Broner should have like two million followers on Instagram because that's that's the like Instagram is based like built. Around people who act like Adrian Brown. Yeah, I was gonna say I figured he would because he's just a character. Exactly, like freaking what's his name? Um, G Herbo from like Chicago, the rapper. He 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 has like like a million followers on Instagram. So I'm like, okay, Adrian Brown should be like around two. Like no, he's like like he's just short of a million. And then like um because people were talking about Shakur Stevenson yesterday, like they were talking about like overrated prospects. And I saw Ryan Garcia's name come up. I'm like, who the hell is Ryan Garcia? And turns out, he's this dude, go to boys, trying to prop up as the next Oscar de la Hoya. Oh. Hey, man, do, do you think it? <laughs> pretty, pretty boy promotions. Yeah, I, ho- I hope it all works out. I um, mean, he's out here trying to fight Javante Davis. Don't do that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? One of my coworkers showed me... Uh, no, I have seen him before. One of my coworkers showed me a fight of his, or at least like some highlights, because um, he had been keeping up with him. He, he is pretty good. Um, he's not ready for Javante though. I don't, I don't think he wants that. I mean, who is? Yeah, you don't you don't want that smoke. But <laughs> hey, man, do do your thing. Uh, I hope you grow a mustache at some point. He looks like a. <laughs> he looks like he can't. Like he'll never be able to drink. Like he'll get carded. <laughs> like he'll get carded. And they'll be like, this is fake. Yeah, you're, he's getting carded for the rest of his natural life. Like, you're never not going to get questioned. You know, just try, trying to get a bottle of Crown or, or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I guess we will uh, go into top cities. Uh, so, actually, you know what? First, before we even get into, before we even get into top cities, uh, shout-outs to just all the listeners in general. Shout-outs to the... the Tumblr folk who always uh, post and reblog, uh, Twitter people who post and reblog, uh, everybody, man. The, 
ever since the, the, ever since that Connor episode, the numbers have been <laughs> that Connor episode hit like a hundred views in like a day. Um, so that was pretty awesome. And yeah, just just appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully, we gain some some new listenership uh, from that. But top cities for the week: uh, number one, Los Angeles, California; number two, Atlanta, Georgia; number three, Chicago, Illinois. Number four, San Jose, California, and coming in number five, we had Dallas, Texas, and right outside of number five uh, was Seattle, Washington, and New York, New York. So thank you guys for listening. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. Um, and quick announcements before we get into the fights. Self promo. I'm an official author now. It's a real thing. I've been working on this book for like years and years and years of my life. It's finally done. It is up for pre-order. It is entitled The Oddball Chronicles. It is released on November the 12th, um, but pre-orders are available now for the very low price of 99 cents. So, you know, for 99 cents, you can sponsor a starving artist, keep me off the streets, keep me from getting in trouble, you know, support my work. I would greatly appreciate it. Links will be in the description below, um, so you can check that out if you would like. Um, so... On to fight news and things of that note. Um, so we got a bit of, you know, fight announcements. Bit of, uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> um, I'll actually real quick because we probably won't really mention the card that much. So um, I'm going to start off with the PF, uh, PFL just real quick. Uh, PFL 9 did go down yesterday. Um, I kind of like half watched it while Bellator and the Crawford fight was going on. Um, it seemed like a pretty decent card from the bits um, I saw. There were a couple of crazy finishes um, that did happen that are definitely uh, worth noting. But after last night, uh, so the PFL Finals, uh, minus the welterweight and middleweight tournament, which have yet to uh, finish. Uh, so in the heavyweight finals, we will have Josh Copeland versus Felipe Lenz. Uh, in light heavyweight finals, we will have Vinny Magalhaes and Sean O'Connell. In lightweight finals, we will have Nathan Schultz and Rashid Magomedov. And in the featherweight finals, we will have Lance Palmer versus Steven Seiler. Um, so those finals are set. Uh, somebody in that crowd will have a chance to get a million dollars, allegedly. <laughs> we'll see how that, that, that all works out. Um, I guess real quick mention from that card, uh, Vinny Magalhaes. I'm sorry, them dudes is not getting their money. Like, <laughs> like if, if they are, like th th that's some extreme ass money laundering. Like, hey man, that, that's got to be some dirty ass money. I hope I hope none of those checks bounce for you guys. Um. <laughs> it's, it's just gonna be like a million dollars worth of blow. <laughs> We got dudes fighting two times a night, you know, put, putting it all on the line, trying to get this meal. I, I, I hope you guys are actually compensated, but, uh, I mean, shout out to PFL. The, the cards I have watched have actually been pretty decent. They've been fun. Um, I guess just the one mention I'll have of last night that I did catch. Uh, Vinny Magdalene had a crazy uh, submission over, uh, how do you say this gentleman's name? Bagazit Atayev. Am um, I saying that correct? Bagazit Atayev. There we go. And um, yeah, that's probably the craziest finish for Rakeem Cleveland. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he he did like a flying. 
<laughs> or was it the Cleveland fight? Which one was the, the flying triangle slash Kimura? I want to say that was Ateo. Yeah, that, that was that was wild. Like, it was beautiful to watch. So if you didn't catch PFL 9, if for anything, uh, go go watch that fight. Because that, that, that was a crazy finish. Um, but those are the PFL finals. And then, like I said, the welterweight and middleweight uh, tournament still have yet to play out. I think the welterweight tournament kicks off. Well, they both kick off, I think. The oh, wait, no, it was Cleveland. It was think, Cleveland? I think it was Cleveland. One of them. Two. Just watch the Vinny Magalith fight. I mean, they both ended in finishes, so. But, yeah, he, he had a wild submission. And the uh, I think by the end of the month, the welterweight and middleweight tournaments will start going. So, uh, keep an eye on Ray Cooper. I think he's, he's going to be a, a favorite to look out for. I, I hope Ray Cooper wins. I don't see anybody realistically other than... I think him and Story would be fun. And I think they have... I think the way the brackets are set up, they have a potential to meet in the second round if uh, Rick Story makes it out of his fight. Yeah. So that could be a fun one, but like if if Ray Cooper gets past Story, if that fight happens, I don't know who else beats him. Because uh, I don't think Jake Jake Shields is. I like Jake, but he's probably about to get smoked again. Um, <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at the bracket, but I think Ray Cooper has to be a favorite uh, to to win that tournament. But on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed do you think Papa Nurmagomedov is in a Bubakar? Because he was supposed to be in the tournament. But he got submitted by Pablo Cruz. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> life happens sometimes. <laughs> like, Khabib hasn't lost in 27 fights, but Abubakar is over here losing and, like, getting stopped in two of them. Hey, man. You know, we all, we all can't be the golden child, unfortunately. Like, you, I bet- I, like I, um, I read the... Kareem Zidane did a piece on um, Khabib's dad, whose name escapes me, Zabuba Nab, Namab, Pab, something. Uh, but like he even outright stated, like I was just disappointed in my son for losing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn. Hey man, Be- better luck next year if, if PFL stays afloat after all this money gets tossed around. I- I'm just convinced PFL will never die. Like. They are millions, like tens of millions, possibly even like a hundred million dollars in debt. Like, uh, uh, like they were losing seven figures a card at one point. Hey man, so somebody somewhere has a master plan, and it's it's to cipher as much money out of billionaires as possible. Yeah, before they check the bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, <laughs> but you know, keep keep an eye on PFL. I, I like the tournament format, something different. Um, shouts to oh, shouts to Combate, who's going to do a one night tournament um soon. I can't remember the date, but they announced that last night at their card. See, tournaments are making a comeback. Um, I, I think it's cool for at least some kind of in this day and age. You know, I feel like continuity is kind of lacking. So maybe this can kind of provide some of that. I mean, I don't think tournaments will just eventually take over. I feel like it might just be, I don't say a fad, but I don't know. I just like that there are other options out there. I think, I think people are just grasping at things to draw attention. But, yeah. uh, like, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm cool. Like, there is nothing more prize fighting than just being like, hey, we're going to throw eight to 16 dudes together. 
and the one who comes out on top gets a million dollars. Like, it it doesn't get more basic and like driven a narrative than that. Yeah, you know it's, like, it's like all of your favorite '90s martial arts movies. Exactly. <laughs> that's pretty much what that is. Um, but yeah, that's that's PFL. Uh, as far as fight news and other happenings, uh, so I'll just run through these real quick, and then we'll come back and talk about any ones we want to expand on. Uh, numbers for UFC 229 are allegedly somewhere uh, around the ballpark of 2.5 mil, give or take a mil, uh, give or take, you know, a couple hundred thousand, I don't know, but somewhere around that ballpark allegedly. Um, fell short of the 3 million that Dana was looking for, but still a pretty, pretty good number. Um, the most they, the UFC has ever done by far. Yeah. So Like by like a million, so... So that that definitely worked out. Uh, fight announcements uh, for UFC 232. Uh, we got Jones versus Gustafson two. We got Megan Anderson versus Kat Singano, uh in the works. I don't think that's official yet, but it looks like it's gonna happen. And we also have Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. Um, UFC 230. Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis for the heavyweight title. <laughs> and <laughs> it's. Jara Eubanks versus Roxanne Modafferi. Between those two, that those two, <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back to it. Uh, UFC 231, Valentina Shevchenko and Joanna Young Jacek. Um, at UFC Milwaukee, we have Kevin Lee versus Ally Quinta in their rematch. Um, Sergio Pettis will be moving <coughs> up to bantamweight. Uh, Ryan LaFleur, UFC welterweight, um, has officially retired. Best of luck. Uh, to him and his post-fight career. Um, in Bellator news, uh, Michael Chandler and Brent Primus uh, rematch going down December 14th. Hopefully that fight doesn't fall apart, but you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, Eddie Alvarez allegedly is really close to signing with one championship. Um, so, you know, on one hand, it kind of sucks. On, on another hand, you know, they pay him handsomely over there, and I think there are there, there are a couple of fights over there I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, be in. I, I think a Alvarez and like an Amir Khan would be fun. Alvarez versus Win would be fun. Uh, I guess that would be the trilogy with Aoki if they. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Yeah, it'll probably it'll probably happen though. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be his first fight. <laughs> that that'll probably be a thing, but uh, you know, no, nah, I'm you know. I'm all for people getting paid, and I would assume that if he chose to sign there, that they're hopefully paying him pretty well. So, mm-hmm. hey, man, go go get your money. Um, Canelo Alvarez versus Rocky Felding on December 15th, Madison Square Garden. And KSW uh, signs Martin Ford, a 6'8", 320-pound mammoth <laughs> of a human. Um... His debut will be, I don't think they have a card, but I think it's going to be next year, 2019. Uh, he will be likely, well, he has no choice but to fight at super heavyweight. <laughs> so, uh, him versus Puds, that's, that's, I'm 100% confident that'll be a thing by the end of next year. There's no way it can't be. It'll be the um, greatest fight ever. Yeah. So, uh, if it ends up being the greatest fight ever, remember you heard it here first. Um, I mean, it's but, already the greatest fight ever. <laughs> <laughs> if you just, if you don't know who Martin Ford is, uh, his name is spelled M-A-R-T-Y-N Ford. Um, just just pull up a picture of him and then, you know, open up another tab and uh, pull up a picture of uh, Puds 
And, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you'll see what I'm talking <laughs> These are two video game characters with just the physical... Not not the physical attributes in terms of, like, power and everything maxed out, but just, like, looks. Like, you know, the height is maxed out, the, the body width is maxed out. Specifically the arms. Right. <laughs> the upper body is just out of control. Um, With his tiny, tiny head on his humongous-ass yeah. body. <laughs> like, it's not even small, but it doesn't fit the rest of his body. This is going to be, like, two, like, overpowered cartoon characters. Like, just kind of, you know, <laughs> it's kind of slugging it out. But, yeah, that, that, that'll happen uh, sometime in 2019. Uh, but to go back up, let's talk talk about some of these fights before we get on to... Uh... Can we talk about how Derek Lewis is about to fight for the UFC fucking title? <laughs> <laughs> let's like... Here's the thing. I, I don't think Derek Lewis is actually any better than when he fucking fought Matt Mitrio. No, like, and and the thing is, though, I think Derek Lewis knows that. Like, <laughs> like well, Derek Lewis is one of those guys that, like, I think you pretty much know. We know what Derek Lewis is at this point. Like, I don't think Derek Lewis is going to make any crazy strides. I, I could be wrong, but if I was to guess... We know what Derek Lewis is. We know what he brings to the table. He he hits incredibly hard <laughs> at any point in the fight. Um, he's always dangerous in that regard. But like he's not the most technical guy. He he's not. You know I don't think really he necessarily goes into fights for like game plans. I think he just kind of goes in and you know what whatever happens just kind of happens. Um, the game plan is like the, the whole brilliance, I guess, of Derek Lewis's game is his coaches have basically trained him to be like, you're old, like, you have to stay in the spaces where you have the best chance of, like, landing that punch. Like, that, that's, that, like, if there's any game plan or craft or thought put into his game, it's basically stay where, you, stay somewhere where you can land that counter overhand right and just end somebody's life. All right. And, and I mean, and he's been doing it. Yeah, it's been working. So like, I'm, not, I'm not even mad. Like it, and, it's been working ridiculously well. He's like, what? He's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like nine and uh, ten and eleven, like eleven and three in the UFC or something like that. Hey man, dude, he 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 gets it done. And, and not, this isn't to like. Uh, harp on him like it's not that he's not talented it's just that he i think he's just one of those guys like you just you know what he is we i think we've seen we kind of know what his ceiling is um but it's not to say that you know with one punch he can't change the entire thing one punch it's not like he can't be ufc champion yeah he's he's always within he's always one right hand away from you know he, he could have the strap around his waist at any moment um we're actually I will, 12 and 3 in the ufc <laughs> That's not bad considering, like... That's the same record Stephen Field. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, you can look at other guys who have a similar record or have had, like, as much success as he, as he has, and a lot of them, I would say, or I would be willing to say, are probably, like, a lot more well-rounded and more talented than he is. But sometimes I think the best thing to do is, like, 
like some people, some some, and not even just in fighting, just in sports in general. Like some guys try to do too much. I think Lewis knows what he is. He knows what he can do. Let me just stick with what I do, and I'm just gonna find a way to make my game work. And it's it's it's, it's working. <laughs> you don't gotta complicate the matters, man. Like right. If you hit hard, just hit hard. It'll right. Work, it'll, it'll work out. Right. Sometimes. Like, don't, yeah, you know, it's, it's not always guaranteed, but... It, How do you think it, Matt Mitchell and Sean Jordan feel right now? Like, Sean Jordan, wasn't he part of the freaking PFL heavyweight tournament, or am I just, like, making that up in my head? Because that feels like something he would be part of. He might have been. But, uh, uh, he was not. Okay, I was oh. making that up in my head. It feels like he should have been a part of it, you know? You know what I mean? Cause, yeah, he probably was in the comment. Maybe he lost before then. I don't know. But, like, but, Matt Mitrion's over here losing to, like, light heavyweights in Bellator. <laughs> and Derek Lewis is about to fight for the UFC heavyweight title. So, yeah. like, And I get it. Personally, I, I thought Blaze deserved that shot. But them giving it to Derek Lewis from a business perspective, I, I get it. Like, it makes all sense in the world. Like, if, if you guys don't know... After he KO'd Volkov and gave that legendary post-fight interview, like, I think his Instagram, his social media following, like, doubled that night. So, they're just striking while the iron's hot. Yeah, like, I I, I love Derek Lewis, but, like, you can't be fan of heart and follow him on Instagram. Like, I want to say the very first video you saw, if you were to look him up, like, the night of UFC 229, on his, it was a video of, like, him with like, well, it, it was a video of like some woman getting imp- impaled, and him having like crying, laughing emojis, and like, <laughs> yes, like Derek Lewis is not for the faint of heart. Right. De- Derek Lewis is uh, like the, the way he does his post fight interviews. That's I don't. That's that's not a charade. Like he he's that guy. Like he is just that's him. Hundred percent of the time, all the time. Yeah. Um, but hey, man. Like I said, I I thought Blaze deserved the shot, but I understand why this fight is happening. I'm not gonna pick him to win, but I mean, him I winning am. isn't. I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't wrestle Derek Lewis. We've, we we went over this last week. Like it's impossible. He's too round. <laughs> like, he, he just gets back up. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, Cormier could go out there and knock him out, but like Derek Lewis could also knock Cormier out. He could. Derek, Derek Lewis winning this fight is not far-fetched. Like, I'm not willing to bet money on it, but him winning would not surprise me. Like, this is a dude who just, like, when he decides he's done wrestling, he just gets up. Like, how can you, uh, like, how can you look past that? It's amazing. <laughs> no technique, no thought, just like, I'm done. We're getting back up. I don't care how tired I am. <laughs> Or worse, oh, he gets on top of you. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's not a <laughs> like that's he, not a good situation. Like you fall off him while he's standing up, and then he just falls back on top of you. I can't wait to see like the 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 lead up to this fight is gonna be great. This is like the tough dad, the 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 tough friendly dad at the barbecue versus like the new neighbor who's causing trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see this. Derek, if Derek Lewis wins, I'm buying his Reebok kit. I don't care. <laughs> About to rock that shit to work. 
Oh, he's gonna be a superstar if he wins this. He's, he's... He should retire if he wins this because the man can train for like an hour a day. Oh man, he has like two herniated discs. I want to know what 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 would the UFC do with him? Like nothing, because they don't know how to market Derek Lewis. <laughs> yeah. like, in theory, Derek Lewis should sell like a million pay per view buys just off his energy alone. <laughs> I don't want to see them try. To, they they probably wouldn't know. They, I don't think they have any idea what to do with him. Just, just put him on like all like just put him on like all the hip hop podcasts. He'll, he'll he'll be on Sway in the morning. Sway in the morning. Um, freaking Big Boy, Hot ninety seven. You can go on one hundred five point one. Oh man, we'll see. That's that's gonna be an interesting uh <laughs> interesting fight. Um, Sajara Eubanks and Roxanne Modafferi, not so much the matchup, just the story surrounding. <laughs> so Eubanks thought she was fighting for a title. Um, I mean that's because that's because that's what the UFC said was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then she signed the contract, and it ended up not mattering because the UFC doesn't care. Yeah. They t- they took that paper and they they threw it back in the shredder. And, they, they were like, "Bitch, you thought," and just threw it away. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So now she fights Modafferi. Um, and if this was any other fighter, I'd probably feel bad. But Teamoid Irvin fighters can, you know, <laughs> you know. <sighs> I I want to talk about Jones Gus too, but I don't at the same time. <clears throat> I I want to get really hyped for this fight because I've been wanting this rematch for a long time, but I just I can't I can't do it to myself. I mean I'm I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to John Jones versus um I don't know like Dominic Reyes, Glover Teixeira, <laughs> uh, the winner Diago Santos. <laughs> I don't trust I don't trust Gus to make the date. I don't trust John Jones to make the date. Like, yeah. I don't real. yeah. Between one of these two, somebody's not I just I feel it. Somebody's not gonna make this walk. I wanna be wrong, but like a, I just like an hour after we're done recording is gonna come out that like Alexander Gustafson like lost one of his arms and has to be out for like right. six months. <laughs> it's like... I wanted. I can't get hype about this fight. Maybe until like the week before, and then I can start giving like breakdowns. But uh, and, until then, I'm not. I'm not even gonna comment on this fight. I'm ha- I'm happy that it's a thing, and I hope that it happens. But I can't get too hyped yet. John's back. I mean, that's something. That's that's something. That's something. But he's been back before. Yeah, and then he left. And he'll be <laughs> back in the future. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Megan Anderson and Kat Zingano, um... I'm happy Kat gets the fight at 145, because she was really calling for her after her fight with, um, Pena, I think it was, because, like, she she goes long stints without fighting, and apparently that's not all on her, like, the U- she keeps asking the UFC for fights, and they won't give it to her. Uh, that's, at least that's what she says, I don't know if that's true, um... But, like, for her cut for the Pena fight, she was like, yeah, no, I had to lose, like, 40 pounds to, to make weight. And I was like, what? Mm. Yeah. I guess because she just wasn't training. Like, she owns a gym, but, like, you know, she's helping other fighters get ready. She's teaching classes. Uh, she's working with Randy Miller, who's 
out here trying to make the U.S. Olympic team and try to make an MMA comeback eventually. Like, you know, she's busy. Like, and fight camps are time-consuming. Um, so, you know. But I'm happy she gets to fight at 145 because that's probably where she should be this at this stage in her career. That, that seems like a fun matchup. I, I was still kind of leery having Megan again with another, like, vet. But... At this point, there are kind of just a lack of bodies. So I mean, Megan chose to be six foot tall. <laughs> so so she has to deal with the consequences yeah. of fighting in the division where there's literally nobody to fight. Yeah. So you, you just yeah, this, this is one of those divisions you just kind of you have to take what you get. I mean, it was either this or just wait until like the tough um, finale came around and like one of those girls needs to fight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Any any thoughts on Cyborg Muniz? Um, I realize I'm not as hype about this fight as I feel like I should be. I'm I'm hype about it. Um, it's, it's like it's the one fight you want for Nunes, right? That that's the fight I want to see for her, right? <clears throat> um, for Nunes, like it, it, it's a legacy fight for both of them. Like I I think maybe not stylistically, but like in terms of quality of opponent, I think Nunes is the toughest opponent. Cyborgs like. The best would be the best win on Cyborg's already lengthy career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously it's the same for Nunez, but for Nunez, like look who she's beaten. She beat Misha Tate and she beat Ronda Rousey. Like, yeah, if you yeah, that's that's like that's the, two of the, the top holy five, trinity. Yeah, like that's two of the <laughs> top five best female fighters ever. Like um and then like if she beats Cyborg and let's say she gets the Holly Holm fight, like is there yeah, any, is there any doubt she's really like the best? Yeah, that's that's a goat status. That, like, also, Valentina Shevchenko twice. Like, come on. Yeah, that that would be goat status for for her. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess when you frame it that way, yeah, this is actually like a really like narrative wise, it's an interesting fight. Like, and it, it should be fun. Like, don't get me like don't get us wrong. It's gonna be fun, but like the the um. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain like what the in cage stuff like. I, I can see this being messy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it could be. But no, you're right though. When you frame it like that, it, it this does kind of have like some historic meaning to it. After this is over, this will mean something for both of them. After this is up. Um. Though I, I wonder though for Cyborg, it's like if you if you win this. I don't know what else you stick around in MMA for. Like, I don't, I don't know who else you really. Gabby Garcia. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> go to Ryzen and just have fun. <laughs> Let them match you up with just. Like, this is what I don't get. Like, the UFC. Like, I get it. You, you want, like, this whole cohesive unit of, like, okay, these are all strictly MMA fighters. They're not going to do, like, all this other shit. Like, that could keep them out of competition for, like, a year at a time. But, like, you have somebody like Chris Cyborg who has the benefit of being, like, this ridiculous athlete in a division where you have nobody. Spend a year building up one contender. Like, go find Felicia Spencer and, like, build her up for a year. Get her three fights. And come back in December and have her fight Chris Cyborg. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in the meantime, you do other shit with Chris Cyborg. You promote a fight with her between her and like Cecilia Breakhouse. Like, I tune like I, Cyborg has her own fans who will tune in for that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
have her go rematch Jarena Bars. Like, that might be hard because Jarena Bars is fighting for Bellator now. It's like Bellator kickboxing, but still, like, that's a fight I'd be interested in. Like, go go sponsor Chris Cyborg trying out for the Brazilian Olympic wrestling team. Because <laughs> why the fuck not? Like, you, you got the Bo Jackson of women's combat sports. Like, let her do her thing. Yeah, and it is... It would it would suck to be like if we look back on her career and just be like, it it was like a lot of her time was just kind of wasted because she was just kind of, and it's not really even her fault. She just been she's been just in like limbo because it's just she's so good that like, if she was ten pounds smaller, like you know what I mean, like this wouldn't be an issue. But yeah, but she barely yeah, she, makes one forty five. She she's. She's so good that it's almost, she's so good that it's almost not good for her in a way. Because it's like, you just, you kill everybody in a division where there aren't really many people to fight. So they're pulling people from anywhere just to find some kind of opponent. And it's after a while, it's just like, you've literally, you just, you've conquered every hill. And and you know why they can do this? They can do this because like. They can pull Holly Holm from like Bantamweight and get her to do like a three fifty buy rate. They can pull Yana Kunitskaya from Invicta and get her to do like a two twenty buy rate. Like that that might not that's not, you know, Conor McGregor could be in their Magomedov numbers, but those those that's a profit. Like what, that's twelve million dollars before like the revenue split? All right. You know, that's big money. We'll, we'll we'll see that that should be a a fun fight should be a lot of a uh, lot of hands being thrown um, and so somebody's at least in that first round yeah we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see after that <laughs> I don't think I, don't, I feel like that fight shouldn't go that long I would be surprised if it goes past like the third yeah I, I say say second round so second round somebody's somebody's getting out of there probably Amanda Nunes sadly yeah. But we'll we'll see. But uh, that's uh pretty much all. Uh, I, I we don't gotta go into it really. But like the suspension for Connor and Habib, I guess. I mean, they're both gonna get like what six months? Yeah. Maybe like maybe that. nine months. Like, cause let's be real, McGregor was gonna fight in like July. Um. Yeah, probably six to nine months. Like uh, the more interesting stuff would be with like the teammates because. You know, Khabib put out that threat, like, if my teammates get fired from the UFC, um, you know, I'm not coming back. You know, fuck that. And, and let's be real. Khabib doesn't need the UFC. He, he, nope. he set himself for life by doing what he did. Like, we, we can talk all the shit in the world about him going over the cage, but, like, at the end of the day, that, that probably that's going to give him a government job that's going to pay him, like, six to seven figures a year. He doesn't have to do any of the, um, the extra shit. Like, you know, get, yeah. you know, taking punches to the face. All right. Like, Fedor Emelianenko is like the president of amateur MMA in Russia. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Habib can find a seat <laughs> at that table. Like that, that, I'm sure like the Dagestan national government would hire Khabib to do something, even just to yeah. be a spokesman. Like, and a lot, a lot of guys talk that talk about, oh, I'll leave, I'll do this, do that. Uh, Habib is one of the few like I legit believe it. Like he wouldn't blink. It, like his dad was like, we're going, like we're going to have him fight Connor. Go up to 170, win the belt, and then retire because I don't want him fighting past 30 because that's where you take all your damage. 
And he's like, yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of true. So, you know, go, go get your money, get your, because uh, I, I, I don't, uh, like, there's nothing to, like, I, so, yeah. Sorry, this dog. Um, <laughs> but it, Khabib doesn't need the UFC. The, the, the UFC doesn't need Khabib either, but they probably want him to justify selling themselves for like $7 billion. Yeah. Which is what they're trying to do, so. We'll, we'll see. I, 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 I have a feeling this all will work out. You know. I, what I think is going to happen is like Khabib and Conor will get six months. Like the teammates will probably get like two years. Which the UFC is going to use to for to Khabib to justify him, like justify firing them so that they can go work somewhere else. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. They're going to be like, listen, Khabib, like if we hold on to them for two years, like, well, like what are they really accomplishing here? Like, let's let them go. They can go fight in Russia, or whatever. You can stay. You know, make your money, and eventually they'll find their way back when their suspension's up. So. And this will all be used in a promo later down the road. Oh, hell yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> so, so, I don't see what everybody's complaining about. This will all be in a you, promo. You can, te- you can tell that they're going to use this in a promo because they haven't released the footage of like the, the like, him go over the fence. Because they have they have clean footage. Way cleaner than stuff we've seen. Yeah. But they're, they're holding on to it. Yeah. Coming to a trailer near you in 2019. <laughs> that, we'll, we'll all see that footage at some point. But uh, when yeah. the when sales talks for the UFC come up next year, you better believe we're going to be seeing footage. <laughs> That's the first video in the presentation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, fight news and and such for the week. Okay. Um, oh, you have any thoughts on Chevchenko versus Joanna Janjacek? Oh, um. You know what, Sajara, I, I know you got, you know, they promised you one thing, but um, I kind of really wanted to see this fight. So, um, Sam. you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of is what it is, you know. Um, nah, I'm, I'm glad this did happen. I'm Like, we, we all knew that this fight eventually had to happen at some point. Um, so, I, you know, let, let's just do it sooner rather than later. Um... I forgot, I made a prediction on this fight before. I don't remember who I picked. But, uh, uh, this is hard. It's going to be a fun, I think this is going to be like one of those fun technical fights. I don't think it's going to be like a bloodbath. I think you're going to get two very high level strikers who will have moments of spurts of violence. But it'll be really technical until the last bell. I don't think anybody gets finished. I think this goes all five. Um, I'm gonna say Joanna takes uh, I'm taking Joanna takes a split decision. Alright. Uh, I think she becomes champ, and then we run this fight back as many times as they can squeeze life out of it. Yeah, until this division fills itself out. Yeah. Which it will, because it's it's this talent, this talent. It's just it's it's gonna take a while for the fun talent to squeeze themselves up from like beneath the cage. Division. So. And I mean, for Sajara, if if there's a consolation prize, um, the division is still like very thin, so it's not like 
it's not like lightweight where you got to go on like this crazy win streak to find yourself in a title shot. You could realistically reel off about two, three in a row, and they'll, they'll probably throw you in there. Yeah, like uh, don't have another fight like she did against Lauren Murphy. Like have actual, you know, go out there and actually rush him out of furry. And okay. you know, you'll probably get yourself another title shot because they don't seem too keen on Nico Montano. So, oh yeah, they did. Yeah, they Poor Nico is probably about to like not see a title shot for like a long. Nico's gonna have to go on a lightweight run at flyweight <laughs> for, for them to even like put her in consideration. You, you know they're gonna just match her up with the toughest freaking fighters too. Like mm. maybe not like the highest rank, but all the ones that are like the hardest matchup for her. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are doing yeah 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 kind of is what it is, but that that fight should be awesome. Um, but that is a uh, news and notes for the week. So, uh, do we want to start with Crawford and go to Bellator? Or we want to do Bellator first and then end with Crawford. It, since Crawford's performance was so amazing, let's end with Crawford. All right, and start with. Uh, not the sad, so, not the sadness. What would you call the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix? Um, I mean, it's everything I thought it would be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a heavyweight Grand Prix <laughs> in every sense of the word. This is every this sense is of the heavy... word, including where half the competitors were not heavyweights when the right. <laughs> <laughs> this was the most Bellator thing that could. I I, t- I said this since the beginning. The the Bell- the, the heavyweight tournament. Is the like the most Bellator thing ever, and a two hundred five or winning the Bellator tournament is just that just makes sense for Bellator. I mean, a two hundred five or won the heavyweight. Let's see, let's be real here. I think all we've really learned is heavy uh, heavyweight is a really bad division, which is something we already knew. Yeah, like Matt uh... Matt Mitrione is a top fifteen heavyweight if he's in the UFC. And. He uh, well, you know what? We'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> Bellator, uh, two oh seven, uh, went down. Uh, so Bellator had two cards back to back, one on Friday and one on Saturday. Um, so we will start with the Friday card, Bellator two oh seven. Uh, this was headlined by Ron Bader and Matt Mitrione. Uh, this was uh, ah, one side of the heavyweight bracket. Uh. <laughs> There's not a lot to talk about this fight other than um, Matt Mitrione did, like, nothing. And Bader Bader did whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Um, he took him down. He controlled him. He beat him up. I think at one point he almost, like, camored him. Um, some, some submission he had went for. But this just proceeded to go on for the entirety of the fight. Like, he just kind of... I, I picked Bader to win, and I wasn't surprised that he won, but I didn't, <laughs> I thought Mitrione would do something, like, I literally, I can't remember one thing of, like, substance that Mitrione did this entire fight, like, Bader just completely obliterated him, it, it didn't take, virtually, I don't think he took any damage, like, he basically walked away from this fight, like, unscathed, and it went all, all, of the, it went the whole distance, and I, he barely got touched. I mean, yeah, no, like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here, uh, trying to remember anything, Matt, like, I, I want to say Matt Mitrion, like, he, he didn't land a punch, but he, like, he, it was, like, one of those dealios where, like, you know, Bader, like, 
him and Bader exchanged, and Bader got backed into the fence. But like two seconds later, Bader took him down, so it didn't matter. Um. Yeah, no. Uh, freaking Bader. Like the controversy here was somebody gave Matt Mitrione a ten nine round. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm sitting here struggling to think. Like which round did Matt Mitrione look like he did it? Absolutely. <laughs> Molly in. So the, the scorecards were this were two thirty twenty fives and a thirty twenty four, which. I don't think I've ever seen like a guy who <laughs> should be a top fifteen fighter ever get. Like, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe Barbosa could be, but even then, like, Barbosa was throwing like kicks and trying. Right, he was trying. The Mitrione just—it looked like he accepted defeat like the second he got taken down. Yeah, it was like, okay, this is my life now. Yeah. So, I said like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I went on my little heavyweight is bad tangent before. But um, the Tumblr homie Shakima uh dash Otabe, Otabe uh, w- he really went out there with it and called Ryan Bader a top five heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to sit there and think about it for a second. <laughs> He's not too far off. <laughs> so I-, I went through the top ten of the heavyweight division and I was just like, okay, he probably doesn't beat Cormier, probably doesn't beat Miocic. I'd probably pick him over Derek Lewis. <laughs> probably doesn't beat Curtis Blades. I'm not sure on Francis Ngannou because he seems to struggle with big dudes who can throw, like, you know, leather, and who can stay on their feet. And for all of Ngannou's flaws, like, I don't think his wrestling is his biggest flaw. At least not the first shot. Um, then, it, then we got to Alexander Volkov. That was like, we're... Two and a half years away from Alexander Volkov getting out wrestled by Czech Congo and Tony Johnson. <laughs> then it was, he, you know, could you, go ahead. And I was gonna say if Bader's not top five, he's 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 top ten. He's 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 around there. He's because like number six is Alistair Overeem. I'm like, hmm, could Bader beat Alistair Overeem? And I wasn't sure about that, but I am pretty sure Bader could beat Junior Dos Santos. Oh, that hurts. Is it wrong, though? <laughs> yeah. like, Marcin Tybura is the number nine heavyweight on the planet, according to the UFC rankings. And yeah, I am Bader. A, I pick Bader in a heartbeat over him. Yeah, Bader beats him. And, and then you got Mark Hunt and, like, Alexander Usyk, uh, Olen- Olenichik. So, like, wait, Olenik. Why the hell did they say Olenichik? Um, like, and I, I, I think he absolutely... You know, beats the pants off of Mark Hunt and you know, Owenick for all his Ezekiel choking glory probably doesn't do that to Ryan Bader, who's not a big lumbering slow. You know, right? Yeah, slow guy. Like he, he's an athlete. So point well taken. Bader in the UFC heavyweight division would be very competitive. <laughs> could probably go on a little string of wins and not be too far off from a title shot like if he really wanted to. Basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, that's kind of wild. <laughs> like, he, he, he really just... <laughs> like, it, it, that, that fight just looked hopeless. Like, 
it, it almost got to a point where it wasn't fun to watch anymore. He's like, come on, Mitrion. I wanted... Can you put him in danger once? Like, make me think that this fight is going to be, you know... It just, it never happened. It never happened. Um, so, Ron Bader moves on to the finals. Uh, well, we'll get to who he'll be facing uh, when we get to that card. Pretty sure you guys all know by now. Uh, but... I mean... Yeah. Happy day. oh boy i love bellator for for these can't get this anywhere else i mean you can but i feel like it just it just fits for bellator like these kind of things just they just make sense for bellator it's like yeah no i I, scott coker definitely putting this out (laughs) (laughs) hey man bait baiter gonna baiter and uh yeah that uh that happened so speaking of heavyweight oh man uh sergey karatanov uh moving on to the co-main event uh sergey karatanov uh and roy nelson um i've always been a big country fan um he was like the the spokesperson for all of all of my chubby you know Ch- chubby folks out there um i thought he was he was like our representative it's been weird to see him in bellator because i feel like he's not like the same i don't know like something about him just seems different like the way he fights um i will say though this fight maybe maybe i gave it less credit I, on paper i thought i don't know something about this fight made me think this wouldn't be fun to watch um i got my feelings hurt in the end but that's that's another story but like this fight wasn't that bad well, on on heavyweight standards. It was you know two 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 guys who would definitely you know have had their best years behind them. But Roy was at least <laughs> being active. Um, you know they they both were throwing shots. They both were kind of just going back and forth. But I think the thing you could just kind of see the the thing with Roy is if he. If he's not grappling you, if he can't grapple you, or if he just decides not to, and he can't catch you with that that lumbering over right, overhand right, then there's kind of just not really much left from the repertoire that he really goes to, and he just kind of gets stuck. Um, <laughs> and in this fight, I mean, he he was moving around, he was working the jab, he he was trying, like there was an effort there, like they they both were trading good shots, but. Karatanov just seemed a bit more crisper. Um, he also throws in combinations way more than Nelson. Isn't really like a combination kind of guy. He, you know, maybe like a one or a two, and that's kind of <laughs> that's that's kind of it. That's all you might all you might get from him. Uh, but Karatanov was in a good combinations, and my God, these uppercuts that he was catching Roy Nelson with were just they were beautiful to watch. Um, that that finishing sequence. Of just like uppercuts, knees, shots, uh, another uppercut. Um, didn't did Nelson face plant? Uh, he went down to two knees. He was just like, yeah, yeah like that's. Yeah, he he ate. I mean, he ate a lot of shots, but that that uppercut that he got caught with caught him like flush, and he just like after that uppercut landed, you just kind of knew like, oh, he's he's about to be out of here. Yeah. And yeah, he caught he ate uppercut. He ate some knees and um. <laughs> he got he got big country out of there, man. Um, 
props to Roy. He tried to he tried to hang in there, man. Dude is is crazy tough. He he, he pushes that chin to the limit, but it it, it got broken this fight. Um, you can't you can't eat that many flush uppercuts and expect to make it out alive. Um, but this this was an entertaining fight. Like as uh, as entertaining as a one round heavyweight fight could go. I mean, it's the um, best type of heavyweight fight because they don't give themselves right. time to get tired. <laughs> Right, so you know they both were at their full capacity for a round, but Karatanov was just—he was the better man, man. Like he just—he mm-hmm. had more, more in the striking repertoire uh, than than Nelson would. Nelson did, and that uppercut just—that uppercut changed the life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it it seems pretty clear that Roy Nelson, the way to knock him out is to hit him from below. Because this is what, um, that's how, uh, what's his name knocked him out too? Uh, Mark Hunt. Um, but freaking, uh, yeah, no. That was the best Karatanov has looked in a long time. Like, if you've been following him recently, he's looked really stiff, like, really just old. Like, he's looked old. Like, he's a dude who went, like, he, he went full rounds with Joey Beltron, you know, three rounds. Um, but he has not looked at like he we're we're what two years from when he got knocked out by Javi Ayala, right? But like here he looked fluid, like he was th- like you said he was throwing combination, like the strikes were flowing together as well as they can when you're 38 years old. Um, like and Roy Nelson for like all, like like for as one dimensional as he was, like he was at, like you said he was working the jab, he was actually like we actually saw the left hook. He actually has like a really nice left hook. He just never throws it. Like seriously commits to it, he always just like kind of faints it so he can got uh get got again uh like corral guys to his right so they walk right into the right hand. But I mean, he was actually throwing it here. He actually hit Karatov uh with it a couple times, but yeah, you know to little effect because that like you said that freaking uppercut that he landed uh really you know changed his life. Um. Yeah, no, good. Just all around great performance from Gar- uh, Karatanov. Like, still not like knocking out Roy Nelson means something, because how many guys have been able to do it? Like two, three. Like Mark Hunt, Andre Olowski. Um Like Derek Lewis couldn't knock out Roy Nelson, and, and J- JDS couldn't. He came close a bunch of times. Roy was fumbling around the whole octagon, but right, like this is a man, like this man's chin is, it, it is for it is withstood the the test of time. So you know, props to um, Karatanov. Um, I was surprised Roy Nelson's wrestling game didn't work because that's that's been Sergey's uh, Achilles heel, like that's how he lost. Um, God, what's his name? Like, point being, we see Karatanov like out wrestled in like yeah. recent years. Like that's how he lost to freaking Josh Barnett. Uh, I almost feel like the the saddest part of seeing Nelson in Bellator is I feel like it it took him to be in Bellator to realize that just clubbing this overhand right wasn't going to work anymore. So now it feels like he's kind of just now working other facets of his game that we see we're starting to see it just a little more often. Like, he grappled a lot with Mitrione. Um, like you said, with, in this fight, he was throwing a left hook. And it's almost like if he could have done this in the UFC, maybe he could have stayed around a bit longer. He, tr- he tried. Just, 
He, he remember yeah. he tried to re- uh, he tried to wrestle Derek Lewis and he did a good job. It's just that when they stood up, Derek Lewis would just make his head like jump back like five feet every time he hit him. <laughs> he he tried to out wrestle Josh Barnett and he did for the most part, but Josh Barnett would just get up and like beat him up in the clinch. So, like, I, I think Nelson's just like like Nelson is a middleweight if we're being honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not unconvinced he could make welterweight, but yeah, that that gut is that gut is massive. Yeah, but it's only getting bigger. Like, yeah, but the man likes his food, so you know, hey, it, it it is what it is. But yeah, prop props to Sergey though. He he looked really really good. Um, that that finishing sequence was brutal <laughs> to watch. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, next fight. Uh, I actually just got a chance to watch this fight this morning because I did not catch this one in real time. Uh, Lorenz Larkin and Eon Pascu. Um, I believe the original fight was supposed to have been Larkin and uh, Silva. Yes, and Silva got hurt like a week after he signed the contract. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll still see that fight down the road. But in the meantime, uh, Pascu stepped up on short notice uh, to take this fight. Um like I said, I only saw this once. From what this fight kind of seemed like to me, um, Larkin's one of those guys that if you can't, he, he he's he's inconsistent at times, but he's still like really really talented. And dude is a really good like technical striker. So if like you can't grapple him and frustrating him, or unless you just have like KO power and you can just kind of match the striking or make him respect your power, it might be a long night for you. Um, not not to say that like Pascal got crushed, but he, I don't think he really got a takedown until like the third round, because I think Larkin stuffed a lot of the early ones. Yeah, and it just seemed like Larkin was just way more crisper and just better on the feet, so he was able to steal the early rounds. And then by the time Pascal finally got a takedown in the last round, it was kind of just too little, too late. Yeah. Like, the, the key with Larkin is you can't concede space because, you know, he wants to be able to throw his spinning kicks. He wants to be able to, you know, throw, just work his kicking game in general. But even with his strikes, like, he he's a guy who expects you to be afraid of him. Um, I, I don't think Pascal was, but like, at the same time, he wasn't quick enough to... He wasn't quick enough, he wasn't throwing enough to make Larkin pay for, like, standing there in front of him. Like... Because Larkin likes to watch his work a lot. Like he'll throw something and just kind of stand there and expect you like to back off. But like Pascal would throw the overhand right, and Larkin would just be out of the distance before he could like catch him clean. Um, good for Larkin. Like, how many? Is this two in a row, or is this his first win after getting knocked out by Daly? Uh, to, Might be. This is second. He beat Fernando yeah. Gonzalez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So you know, he, yeah, you know, and I think these types of fights are important for Larkin because like he seems like the type of dude who needs like his confidence restored after a couple of really hard losses, you know. So, yeah. So um. Yeah, no, like, it wasn't a spectacular fight or anything, but it was solid. Like, if you're a Larkin fan, it's a good sign that. You know, it, it, some, something's still there. still there. Something's still there, and he might have something for the person who comes out of the Bellator welterweight tournament. So, good on him. Hopefully, they can rebook the silver fight, though. Um, 
as, as much as Silva's career makes me sad, <laughs> that would still be a fun, a fun fight to watch that I'm pretty sure would end in pretty violent fashion. Um, but yeah, props to Larkin, uh, solid performance. Uh, next fight, Corey Browning and uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr., aka Baby Slice. Um, like Baby Slice, <laughs> like people, like I don't think Bellator gets the appeal of Big Slice in that. Big Slice could get away with having the fights he could get he could, he had because he fought in the two worst divisions in the sport. Like you can go and find a Dada five thousand or a James Thompson or whoever the hell else they had him fight. Like, and you could expect like him to get tired after two minutes of fighting and still have a fight. You can't do that. At lightweight, and like, while I think Baby Slice is a better athlete than his dad, that doesn't mean anything because he's at lightweight. Yeah, where guys man. know how to fight. You right? So yeah, this is not the division. <laughs> this is not the division where you really want to be a, a freak fighter. Yeah, this this ain't it. And this I'm so, I'm it. sorry to say it, like for for baby slice, like you're 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 gonna be like as long as your name is Kevin Ferguson Jr., you're gonna be in that like freak fight area. So unless things like I like, I feel bad for him. I think he he has talent, but it's just one of those things where it's like he he's not he has talent, but yeah, he he he's kind of like your. He's kind of like that. I don't mean this in like a disrespectful way. He, he's kind of like one of those run-of-the-mill like prelim guys. Like he, I, I think that that seems like what his ceiling would be. Like he's a guy who might stick around on your prelims. You know, he'll he'll give you some some decent performances here and there. He he might just hang around for a while, but he's you know he's he's not fighting for a title or anything crazy like that. No, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a regional guy. Like if we're being yeah. honest, like he's a regional guy. He's like he's a guy who would go like seven and seven. Like he he'd be like the dude that um he he'd be some other guy's step up fight for like oh I have three first round KO wins and like they're saying I can go to the UFC, but I need some rounds or I I need a guy who has like a lot of fights on his record, so let's go get Kevin Ferguson Jr. You know what I mean? Like so. And the thing is, like this. <laughs> This fight was like his until it wasn't. Like, yeah. Well, maybe not all the way, but uh, uh, Browning beat him up. Kevin Ferguson had the fight. Like, like he he got something. I think it was like a submission hold. Yeah, like the fight was really bizarre. So like the first round was just it was a lot of grappling. Um, them having grappling exchanges back and forth, and it just seemed like after these exchanges, even though Ferguson got the better of some of them, but he was just gassed. And in the second round. It just like it just seemed like he'd emptied everything that was in the tank. Um, it was really weird because he, before he got finished, I want to say he had Browning's back. Yeah. And then I can't rem- I can't remember that last sequence in full, but like he had Browning's back. Um, he kind I don't know if he fell off, but I just remember him falling backwards. And, like, before Browning even turned around to do the ground and pound, he was already, like, covering up. Like, he kind of knew, like, I don't have anything left. Like, I'm just, I can't do this anymore. And Browning just kind of beat on him. 
and until it was over. Um, I, I know, actually, no, he um he did crack uh Corey uh crack baby sites with a right hand too, before that sequence. Um, Ferguson tried to rush in and Corey cracked him with a right that dropped him, and then I think he got uh, TKO not too long after. But yeah, um, that, that was it. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I think. No, no, like, like, baby size. Your dad fought so you didn't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's trying to carry on the 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 man. Uh, and I respect that, I really do. But like, you know, fight business ain't for everybody. Yeah, I. I I I, I want to say he can get better, but that cardio is definitely gonna have to be worked on. But it's not like he's not a talent like this. And I'm like like I'm saying I'm not saying he's gonna be a world beater. You know, I, I'll say I've seen worse. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean they're probably worse on the boat like on the prelims before the show. Yeah, like I've seen I've seen much worse. So I'm not gonna say he should like just hang it up, but he definitely has. Areas in his game that he definitely needs to improve on, and cardio is especially at lightweight. You yeah, you you definitely gotta because that's the one division where dudes can just go, and you do not want to be in a lightweight division where your cardio. Um, oh, is he lightweight or welterweight? Lightweight. He's lightweight. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. To, that's not the division for 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 you to have that problem because that is gonna come back and bite you every single time. But uh. Props to Corey Browning, though. Um, I don't remember the stat, but he was a pretty huge underdog, betting-wise. Why? Um, I want to... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> From what I remember, he was a pretty huge underdog. Uh, so, he, he pulled off an upset. Uh, I'm not sure um, of his entire background. I'm just going to say name-wise and recognition-wise, it's probably the biggest win he's had, just in terms of like the hype. I guess because you're fighting baby slice, so good on him. Um, and this next fight, last fight, rounding out the main card that ended in KO of the year-ish fashion, uh, Mandel Nalo and Carrington Banks. Um, Say goodbye to Carrington Banks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he probably lost his job after that. <laughs> like a Man. Um... All I remember, I remember the first round, um, they were going back and forth. I think uh, Mandel uh, tried to uh, sneak in like a Darce. He went like really hard for it for a while, ended up not getting it. I think Carrington ended up on top. Um, it, it was a decent fight. And then second round, out of nowhere, uh, <laughs> Nalo puts that knee in the air. And poor Banks, man, his whole, his head just, like, snapped all the way back from that knee, and he just instantly fell over. He, he was out on contact. Yeah. Like, this is definitely a, a KO of the year kind of, kind of KO. It just, it came out of nowhere. Just perfect knee, right, right on the, the target, and... That's that's got a that's a bad way to go out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the Bellator. For, like I don't know if they just had Nalo for like the day or what, but like, yeah, shouts for picking him up. Like Team TriStar, you know, George St. Pierre training partner. Um, seems seems to be like an like 
a well-rounded dude. Like he had Banks in trouble with that um, Anaconda choke in the first round. Um, and yeah, the, the, yeah, like you said, fin- probably one of the best finishes of the year. Um, Banks just like jabbing at Nalo from so far out while not even bothering to look at him. Like bizarre. Um, like that's two finished losses on main cards in a row for Banks. So I don't think Bellator's gonna be hanging on to him. But it sucks. Cause I, I actually think Banks has like potential, but tis the fu- like is it before is the fight business? Yeah, these these things just they just kind of happen. Um, but that was the main card. Um, I do, well, before we get into the undercard, because uh, it was on, just like two fights I want to mention real quick. Um, I'll continue to give Bellator props. Like, I feel like, oh, I've said this before, like, they're getting better with, like, just overall talent. Like, for the, the last couple of cards I've watched on the prelims, it doesn't just look like a bunch of Joe Schmoes just kind of running and fumbling around <laughs> like once upon a time. I mean, that was part of the charm. Yeah. <laughs> it was like your no. local mechanic beat up your barber. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they, they've upgraded. They, they, they've upgraded. Like, it seems like there's actually, uh, you know, I, I don't know who their, you know, I, I guess Coker would have something to do with it. But like, I don't know who their, like, official, like, I don't know, talent scout person or who, whoever that position is. Um, but, like, they're doing a, a pretty good job, I think, of finding whatever best talent, I guess, they can get their hands on which seem to be, you know, just competent fighters. So just, you know, like I said, this is not, or like you said, it's not just the random barbershop versus the mechanic or, you know, your, your, you know, your, the middle school teacher who decided he just wanted to fight one day. You know, it's, 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 it's actual, you know, quality fighters. So the undercards, from the ground up, these cards overall have gotten better. Um, on the prelims, though, uh, fights worth of mention to check out. Uh, Mike Kimball versus Alex Potts. Um, Mike Kimball, <laughs> after six seconds and a, a left-right combination, uh, I think he tied the record for Bellator's fastest KO. Um, I think this is two straight finishes for Kimball, so definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, could be a potential prospect for them. We'll, we'll see how that happens. Uh, Janae Harding and, uh, how do you say her name, Sinadad? Sinead. Uh, Siniad Kavanaugh kind of sucks that the fight ended via cut, um, but it was kind of a bad, you know, she was was bleeding, she was gushing. Um, (laughs) A lot lot of blood after the elbow Janae landed, but shout out to her um, uh, getting that win. Uh, Didn't catch, uh, I think I saw the Phil Howe, I don't remember a lot of these other fights though. I caught some of them, but I was kind of like half in and out, but I just had to say like the, the undercards are getting better. Um, you're actually starting to see like a better growth in, in talent and all of that in their undercard. So, uh, but definitely the two to look out for. Mike Kimball uh, might be a name for Bellator in the future, and uh, Janae Harding uh, could p- potentially be somebody also in the future for them. But that was Bellator 207. Uh, overall, pretty solid card. Not amazing, but you know, Friday night, nothing else was really going on. You know, why not watch people get punched and kicked in the face and watch a light heavyweight destroy a heavyweight? Um, you know, 
And speaking of, <laughs> or the reverse, Bellator 208 went down the very next day, uh, Saturday night, headlined by uh, oh, 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 I completely lost the card. Uh, headlined by Fedor and uh, one Chael Sonnen. Uh, I think this fight kind of went the way. It, this fight kind of went the way I thought it would because when this fight got announced, I was like, I don't see any, I don't see Chael like finishing Fedor. If anything, maybe he'll win a sloppy decision. But with the way Fedor has been fighting lately, I think, you know, for better or worse, he's fighting to finish. And that can sometimes lead to him being finished. But Fedor isn't fighting like he's interested in going in decisions right. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so, you know, fight starts. Off rip, Chael Sonnen gets caught. <laughs> off rip, Chael Sonnen gets caught with a uh, um, Loop, one, two. Looping ass right hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goes down. Uh, I mean, prop to Chael, though, because I'm pretty sure even in Fedor's old age, the man still hits incredibly hard. Uh, Chael got dropped, but he got right back up. He kept pushing the pace. But, like, he just didn't really have anything for Fedor. Like, he can't... We, uh, we all know Chael's not the greatest striker. He just strikes to set up the takedown. But no, nobody's fearing a, a one-punch Chael knockout. You know, that's not really a, a, a thing that happens. So... On the feet, he had no answer. Um, when it came to the grappling, Fedor just seemed so much stronger. He was tossing Chael around like a little kid. Um, wasn't really interested in playing the ground game. And the one time I think Chael did, uh, he actually did get a pretty good takedown um, on Fedor. Uh, Fedor ended up reversing it. <laughs> Got back up. At one point, Chael took Fedor's back. And I think he was trying to, like, roll over, I guess. He was trying to go for a rolling back take. Yeah, and that (laughs) did not work. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody rolled but Fedor. You're a worse decision maker in MMA than Chael Sonnen. (laughs) See, I thought he was going to take his back, try to, like, soften him up, and go for, like, a rear naked or something. But yeah, he tries this rolling back take, and he literally did like an on the ground like front head flip, and just like... somersaulted. <laughs> yeah, somersaulted off of Fedor's back, and Fedor got on top of him and proceeded to beat the crap out of him. Yeah, it was really because that was the one moment. Because up to that point, like Fedor was kind of just having his way with him, and that was the one moment I was like, oh man, son and. If he plays this smart, he could, like, turn this fight around. and That's not Sonnen's game. Yeah. Did, <laughs> did not happen whatsoever. Yeah, he, he he does this somersault, ends up on the bottom, just gets beat on until the ref decides, all right, you've had enough. And Fedor moves on to the finals. I mean, I'm happy, but at the same time, all we did was put the sadness off for one more fight. <laughs> because... Ryan Bader is going to. Mm. Goddamn. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to step on a limb. I got Fedor by KO. Whack. I think he's, he's going to clip him. He's going he's gonna to clip Better him. Better do it quick. 
I don't know if I'm 100% believing this, but I'm putting this out there. I, I, I got Fedor beating Bader in the finals by KO. I think, I think he's going to clip him. I hope. He might end up getting taken down in Ragdoll. At least I'll say for Fedor, though, he... I, I will. Uh, I have enough respect for Fedor that I don't think he'll give us a Mitrione performance. Well, he'll just get taken down and not even try. Uh, I expect him to stop. <laughs> yeah, he could. He could. But I think he'll at least put up an effort. Uh, we'll know that he was trying to oh, win. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, Mitrione just kind of. He just kind of accepted the beating. But uh, I want to see something real quick. I want to see how old these two men were if you add their age together. <laughs> so Fedor is forty-two. Uh, 84. <laughs> Sons, 42 as well. So, like, yeah, like 80, 83, 84. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of mileage uh, that was shared. <laughs> Compare that to Max Holloway, Brian Ortega. Hmm. It barely seems fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, is it, is it still a thing that the winner of this tournament is fighting Minikov? Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't know if they ever actually like finished the deal. Like I like I remember when we talked about it, they were still like in the like it, that was the plan. I guess they would just work out like the the logistics, the financials, and all that other good stuff. But like I haven't heard anything about Minikov getting an opponent for like later this year, which is what like I think was part of the deal. Like Minikov would take one fight and then fight the winner of the tournament. So I haven't heard anything on that front. Um, but I think that's still the plan, and if not. I guess you got Sergey Karatanov just waiting in the wings. Or Czech Congo. Or Czech Congo. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Chell Chell got uh, he got sunned, very bad. No pun intended. Don't lie. <laughs> so uh, that'll be a final uh, at some point. Uh, Fatal and Beta. I think it's going to be an MSG in December, if I'm remembering right. Or it was in early next year. I can't remember. They just announced the date, and I'm forgetting it. Bellator Heavyweight Final. Uh, date, date, date. I hope they can do it by the end of the year, because I feel like both of them are relatively... Good health. I mean, Bader's virtually been untouched <laughs> his entire tournament run. This has been the easiest uh, year of Bader's career, like by far. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on January 26th in Inglewood, California. Okay. All right. So we'll have to wait a little bit. But I don't know. Fado's old. He might need some, he'll need some time to heal. I mean, he, like Bader. I said, this man is the president of amateur MMA in Russia. He is very busy. Oh, man. But. You know, it, it was just good to see Fatal get a win. Albeit it was it, it was over chill. I don't really know how much that means, but I mean, it, it was means a lot to me. It was a moment. It was a good moment. I'm I, it was you know I'd rather see that over you know watching Fatal and Brawl you know. <laughs> again. But uh, yeah. What well, we gotta do to get Fatal versus Machida? That's what I wanna know. Uh, let's see. Maybe after you know Machida do his middleweight run, maybe it won't go well, and he'll decide this is how I want to end my career. I want to, uh, yeah. Like Machida's like, I want to fight Fedor. This is all the old guys who are like, you know what? I want to fight Fedor too. <laughs> that's the thing to do. That's how you end your career. Yeah. That's that's the, the last name you try to get on your resume. Yeah, like Shogun loses to Tyson Pedro. He's like, you know what? I want to fight Fedor. 
So I'm going to go sign with Bellator. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. That guy will fight as long as they keep sanctioning him. Mel- Melvin Mayhoff's like, you know what? This middleweight shit ain't working out. Chidi and Jaquani beat my ass. Let's fight Fedor. Fedor has to go through like a retirement run where he just has to fight everybody who's over 40. Oh, man. But uh, props to Fedor, man. It, it was good to see him uh, get, get get a dominant win. Um, on to other fights that put a smile on my face. Uh, Benson Henderson and Saad Awad uh, in the co-main event. Um, I was just really happy to see Benson look like... Even though he didn't get the finish, he was being aggressive. He, It looked like he was really giving an effort to try to, like, dominate the fight which in in his bellator run and even in some of his ufc fights like we've seen he's not always the fastest starter um sometimes he he gets behind on cars and has to try to claw his way back in um like he definitely was working a lot of the kicks leg kicks body kicks um and anytime you know he a couple instances where he got backed against the cage he would circle out um, but any time Awad would, you know, look like he was about to mount an offense on the feet, Bendo would just take him down, control him, uh, you know, work a little bit of ground and pound. He went for, he went for that head arm triangle like twice. Um, I think at one point he uh, went for a rear naked choke. Um, he did have a few instances of uh, some some gloves. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he grabbed the glove once and then he held on, held on to the cage once, something like yeah. that. But either way, either way, um, it was just good to see him be really aggressive with his grappling. Like, I think there was like one point where he he had took um, a wad down, a wad got back up, and Bendo immediately just like grabbed for a leg and got him back down again. Like he was being really just active with his grappling. It was just good to see. Like there was this was just one of those fights that gave me hope. Like he still has there's a little bit of fire left there still. Like there's there's something there. He still, he looked a lot more refreshed than I've seen him in some of his other. his other fights. Like I think this will be a good, you know, coupled with the um, the Werther fight. Like I think this is a good confidence builder. Like he, he looked good. He didn't. Uh, he won a pretty one sided fight. He didn't take like a, a ton of damage, and he put on a really really solid performance. Yeah. Um, like I'm I'm happy. He's- active again because like that was like that was his thing back when he was in the UFC he wanted to fight like three times a year I know he's like 34 now and that's a that's a little harder but um it's good for him like like you said he builds confidence um is it me or like all the guys who were in the UFC who came over the Bellator like looked really timid on the feet like Bendo, Gregor Musasi, uh Roy McDonald and then you have like Phil Davis who's out here like head kicking people (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> it's just like bizarro land. But he he did look a bit uncomfortable in the feet. Like he's never looked comfortable in the feet, but you can tell like he he's slower than he used to be. Yeah, he's a bit slower than he used to be. And like Sai Wild was getting a lot closer than he probably would have if this was the bend of like three or four years ago. And as a result, we saw him rely a lot more. We saw a lot more frenetic wrestling. Um, and that played into Bendo's favor because he's you know a really frenetic type of fighter. Um, but like 
just like really smooth um, knee taps for takedowns. Uh, I I, I kind of wish he had got side of the water out of there, uh, just just because I like to show what type of class of grappler he is, and we know he's capable of that. Um, well, you know, a win's a win, and he he needed back to back wins. This is his first back to back win since he left the UFC in 2015. Um, he's now three and three in Bellator. Um, but like one of those wins is Patricio Pitbull injuring his leg while kicking Bendo, so yeah, you know, it wasn't a good luck. Yeah. So yeah, he's starting to look good again, and that and that's the important part. Um, I don't know where this puts him in terms of like lightweight title contention because no one knows what's happening with the lightweight division until Chandler and Primus run it back, and Patricio's got a win over him. Um, not Patricio, Patricio got a win over him. But Tricky might freaking leapfrog them both if Chandler wins and fight Chandler for the title. Um, I really don't want to see Bendo back at welterweight. I, I, no. He didn't mention it. Like this isn't coming from anywhere, but like if the the lightweight title picture gets like clammed up or something, like I, I don't want. That's not a fight I want to see. So. Well, I think this could. I think. This is the start of what could be like his last title run. Like he's got this little momentum going. We'll see how it carries into next year. But I, I think this is like the last. This is the last call. <laughs> I think for for Bendo. Like these next couple of fights, uh, I think are pretty much going to be the wind down of his career. Do you um, want to talk about his like post fight interview, or you know? And Ben Bendo out here being the the uh, the dork. The... <laughs> like, no, like, I love him for it, and I love him for it. But let's be real. Ben, ben Bendo is the uh, the adult voice of reason in the room. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> he's the guy that's telling you, you know, you need to do better in in the nicest way and in, in the most respectful way possible. Um. He's that adult that comes in and kind of ruins all the fun, even though he's, like, right, but you kind of just don't want to hear it from him. Right. Um, but, like, I, I don't give him flack for it because, like, that's I think that's just him. Like, that's, like, really who he is. So, and I, I'll never shun somebody for being, you know, that, that's, just who, that's just who he is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to harp on him for right. that. Um, you know. What do you want to see him fight next? Because, I'm, like, I'm looking through, like, the Bellator... Like roster, and they have some like lightweights that it'd be interesting to see him fight. I guess like Adam Piccolotti, I guess David Rickles if he wants to fight a lightweight again. Um, they just signed Norman Park, which I don't know why they do such a thing, but he's here, so you know, deal with it. <laughs> how, how about a uh, who, who, I don't know, I can't remember if he wants to wait. Um, actually, you know what? Let me pull up. The lightweights. I was gonna say somebody. Campos. Yeah, like a like a yeah like a Campos maybe a um. What's Yami? What's Yamayushi doing? You got a fight lined up? Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I think a Yamayushi would be good. Um, Yamayushi's officially a lightweight, right? Like I remember him moving up, but I don't remember if it was like oh, I'm a stay or I'm just doing this for one fight. Uh. Oh yeah, he did fight at forty five before. Uh, but he, he was also well, like his last, his last, 
Yeah, his last two fights were Chandler and Piccolotti, so I'd assume he's still a little lightweight. All right, so um, I think that would be that would be that would be a fun fight. I think that's a fight that's uh, obviously somebody who's really talented. So it's not like it's a gimme fight. It's somebody who can definitely test Vendo, um, but it's still like a winnable one. Um, yeah, and just something to keep him busy. So somebody like that I think would be good. Uh, Campos maybe or Anderson. Oh, no, I saw Ryan Couture's name. I'm gonna keep on scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're trying to build his confidence back, <laughs> well, like you said, uh, Norman, Norman Park, that would that would be a a good uh that would be a good one for a UFC guy. Um, so yeah, that Bellator has people that can, you know, fight for him that'll keep him busy. Um, that'll still be like competitive fights that'll you know he can win that can help build his confidence, but still like test him at the same time. Um. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be mad at, at any of those. Um, so, shout-outs to Mendo, man. Really, really solid performance. Uh, moving down the card, uh, Chet Congo, Timothy Johnson. I was just really happy that this fight ended uh, so quick because in my head this was going to be one of those three rounds I'll lay on you fights, and I, I didn't want to see that. Um, and I'm glad Congo didn't want to see that either. <laughs> He, um, I actually only f- watched the fight once, so I don't even remember everything that happened other than it just seemed like Congo kind of beat him up. Uh, Johnson couldn't get his takedowns, and the time he ended up on the ground, it was because he was getting punched in the face, and it was yeah, over. Yeah, uh, Congo, as he was um, backing up into the cage, caught Johnson with a right hand, like right behind the ear. As, like, if you watched it fast, it kind of like he hit him on the head, like in the back of the head, I mean... Um, but like, he, uh, like, Johnson immediately just went stiff as he was shooting for a takedown. I think Congo realized, okay, he's he's basically done. Um, yeah, Tim Johnson, man, like, yeah, cut from like how many heavyweights get cut from the UFC on a win? Oh man, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't yeah, no, it was a bad fight with Marcelo Goldman. He was just gone. He was, I was like, we don't need you anymore. But um, oh, boy. no props to him. He, he, he props to Congo. He's still out here. I think he. I think he tied like his UFC run with as many wins in Bellator as he had in the UFC. Like dude's been keeping busy fighting at least twice a year in Bellator. And he looked good. Like, he, he, looked, he looked bad. Like I mean, he looked as, like he's forty three years old and he still looks really good for his age. Like he's on the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight win streak. Like two of those, like two of the guys he beat, Alexander Volkov and Augustus Sakai, are you know, one's a top ten dude in the UFC, and the other dude just won his UFC debut. Like, dude, he's still out here hustling. Like you can't knock him. Probably didn't put him in the uh, heavyweight tournament. I don't remember why. There was a reason. I think he got hurt or something. But or what know, did they, either way, he, he's still making the best of his time. Yeah, uh, let's find out why Chuck Congo was in the Bellator tournament. But continue. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that was that fight. He he got Timothy Johnson out in about it was like sixty eight seconds. So uh, uh, props to Congo out here taking soul still. Um, next fight, Anatoly Tokov and Alexander Slomenko. Uh, definitely had this fight circled. Uh, Shomenko, of course, long-time Bellator staple. Uh, easily, like, one of the best fighters they've ever had. Dude's just been around forever. He was champ. 
uh, for a pretty long time. Um, always fun to watch. He was one of my favorites when I first started watching Bellator. Uh, Anatoly Tokov, uh, newcomer in terms of being in Bellator, uh, somebody who a lot of people thought was worth keeping an eye on. So this just seemed to be a pretty important fight. You know, you're throwing the the young guy against the, the veteran of veterans. Uh, <laughs> Shomenko has fought like 80 times. Not really 80. I think like 50-something. 50, 50 um, something like that. He, he's fought an insane amount of time. You know Shomenko's track. Yeah. Right? The dude's been around. He's, he's been there. According done. to Big John, he's the most successful ru- fighter to ever come out of Russia. There's yeah. been no one better. Yeah. Yeah, in, in, including our main eventer. <laughs> he, he is Fe, more successful. Fedor is more popular, but Shkomenko is more accomplished. Yeah. According to Big John. That's, yep, that's from the horse's mouth. Uh, just for the record, like Shkomenko has something like, um, wow, my math is shit. Uh, sixty-nine fights. <laughs> yeah, man, dude has been. He's been around the block more than and once. That's just like, but uh, I'm sure it's more if you add like his kickboxing fights. Yeah, this this fight was just kind of. Um, Shomenko was definitely game. Like he never really stopped throwing. Like he was constantly just like moving forward. He was trying to get an offense off. You know, he was throwing his patented spinning techniques, spinning back fist, spinning back kick. I think he threw like one spinning back kick. Threw a couple spinning back fists or like elbows that he tried to land um so he he was definitely game uh for the entire fight but tokov younger fresher um got uh the better of some of the exchanges and even though he didn't do like a ton with his grappling just the fact that he was able to use it and be somewhat effective with it um he just kind of had more in the in the repertoire, and yeah, like I said, Shomenko was coming forward. He he was making it a, a fight, but it just seemed like Tokov kind of had an answer for everything. And you add on the grappling to that, and you know, Shomenko never really was able to have like that. I don't know what to call it, like. He wasn't really able to have a moment where he could, like, tip the fight in his favor. Like, he was always just kind of clawing from behind and trying to, you know, he he was going for it. It wasn't for lack of effort, but, you know, I I guess Tokov just kind of proved why people are pretty high on him. He he went out there and handled business. It wasn't, like, the most spectacular performance you'll ever watch, but nevertheless, it was over a true vet. You're beating one of... You know, like I said, one of Bellator's staple fighters that they've had pretty much like since their existence. Right. And he, he did it in, you know, pretty impressive fashion. I think he took, yeah, he took every, uh, judge game every round, 30 27s all across the board. Um, he just, uh, he's he, great at neutralizing. Like, Shomenko is off, like, like he, he never engaged, uh, even on the feet, like when he was strike with Shomenko, he was never. Putting himself in Shomeko's wheelhouse. And anytime Shomeko would go for like one of those spinning things, he would just dive on his back and just completely like cut off any offense he was trying to get. Um I don't know, this fight was just like a blur in the back of my mind while I was watching it. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't, you know, 
the most exciting fight, but it, it was just kind of a, a solid effort. I, I do think this is a sign of Shulmanko finally getting old, but yeah, yeah, he's and like I said, he, he's still out there throwing, but it's not, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Uh, it's not the same Shulmanko we've we've seen. You know, I think this is third straight loss. Yeah, uh, Gegard, which people think he won, um, but you know, decision. Uh, was it Bruno? He got knocked out as June by uh, Bruno Silva. Yeah, in M one. So not a good year. Yeah, not not a good year. But um, you know, for for, for anything, Tokov looks like he'll be a new face in in middleweight. For Bellator to, to keep an eye on, I think a win over Shemenko kind of puts him up there now. You'll probably start seeing him in bigger fights, so you know, keep, keep, keep an eye on him. Right. Uh, and rounding out the main card, <laughs> Henry Corrales and, and Andy Main. Um, it's a pretty decent, uh, you know, kickboxing scrap. Uh, Corrales uh, worked a lot of that inside leg kick. Um, Andy Main wasn't bad. Like he's talented, his striking is is pretty decent, but I feel like he never really. I feel like Corrales knew he was gonna win. It was just kind of like a matter of time. Like I don't, I don't think Andy Main had a ton that Corrales was like really like afraid of. Um, and I'm not really sure of Andy Main's background. I want to say they mentioned something about he has some kind of. Uh, BJJ credentials. I don't know what they were. Uh, he's former king of Pancrase. But he uh, got it by beating Nam Fam. So, that's, you know. Like, he's not a not a bad fighter, but Corrales just kind of, you know, he, Corrales has fought a lot of tough guys. He's He's been around for a while. And, uh, you know, and, Andy Main was hanging in there until... Uh, left, <laughs> left kind of changed all of that. It was, it was kind of crazy because um, Corrales had threw a right and Maine slipped it. It was really slick. And then he tried to counter and Corrales met him with the left first and Maine just, he, he didn't face plant, but he dropped down to his knees and was just kind of like face looking towards the ground. It, it looked like he had no idea what happened. Like he looked completely out of it. Ate a couple of ground and pound that he might not even needed to take, and uh, that was it. And I think that's two or three in a row for Corrales. That's four in a row. Four in a row. Um, so he's uh he's clawing up that ladder <laughs> at, at Bellator's featherweight division. Um, yeah, it it was a, a pretty vicious, pretty mean uh KO from Corrales who just as another notch to the belt, four in a row at featherweight, you know, keeping his, his name in that mix of, you know, potential guys who hopefully want to find themselves fighting for, you know, a title somewhere in the near future. Right. And there's, uh, we're starting to see new guys pop up at featherweight for belt, so which is important because it's only so many times Daniel Strauss and Pat Curran can fight for the title. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they. Ugh. I hope, I hope, yeah, we we need guys like Corrales because hopefully that cycle of the 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 patty cake between two and sometimes a third party 
they are the only people that get to hold the belt. Um, so yeah, we need we need more Henry Corrales around. Right. Um, um, I can't really speak on the prelims. Well, unless you had any other thoughts on that. Um, nah, nah. Uh, like you said, that finish was hella slick. Um, like you could see, uh, what's his name? Um, Maine. Uh, he he parried and like, he parried the jab. He parried the cross on the the slip when he was slipping the the um, Corrales's right hand. Like I, I I get why he thought he was out of danger from the left hook because he's up until um, like he was coming up he had the left hook like the um, he had uh, Corrales's left hand like held like he was pushing it down. <laughs> Corrales just comes up over the top with the hook. It was really it was really cool to see. Um, that, that's really it. Like, like that. The whole fight was basically them replaying that sequence, except with the left hook at the end, and with Corrales landing that right hand a lot more. So, um, just from the prelims, real quick. Uh, shouts to um, Jennifer Chiang, uh, who fights out in New York, but represented um, Micronesia at the 2016 Olympic Games for boxing. Yeah, she put them pause. Yeah, yeah, she beat. Yeah, she beat the crap out of Jessica Ruiz. Uh, stopped her in less than ninety seconds in the first round. Uh, Thirty-two years old, fighting. I think strawweight. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, she's not the only uh, boxer who fought this weekend. Uh, like uh, Amanda Serrano fought for combatant. So it's just cool to see more and more striking talent come and see the sport. It sucks because they don't make any money in their sport, but. Is what it is. I'll come over here and give it a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, they're trying to build their division over there in Bellator. So, you know, hopefully she'll be somebody who can stick around for a little bit. I don't know how long at 32. I mean, she's a Wall Street banker. Like, she has a real job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I did read that. Yeah. She, yeah, her career path in the MMA is kind of wild. But, uh, nah, I guess as long as you got hands like that. Hopefully you'll be able to stick around for a little bit. Yep. But um, yeah, that was uh Bellator 208. So I mean, all in all, Bellator 207, 208, pretty fun uh, weekend of fights. Like I said, uh, lots of good finishes to watch. Um, overall they're just doing a better job, I think, at just building their cards from top to bottom. Even you know starting from the prelims, you're starting to see, you know, sprinkles of just more prospects, more people that are you know worth keeping an eye on. Um, like I say, you got dudes like Mike Kimball running around flatlining people in six seconds. So, you know, ho- hopefully this, this spells good things on the wall for Bellator. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but pretty solid night, both nights. So if you didn't get a chance to watch, uh, you know, go, go rewatch some of those fights for 207 and 208. And, uh, you know, at some point we will reconvene and talk about Fedor and Bader, uh, when that goes down. But... Moving on uh, to the last uh, fight we will, di- yeah, we will discuss. Uh, we are going to finish with boxing. Uh, last night also, it was a lot of violence last night. Uh, simultaneously, you had Bellator 208, PFL 9, and you also had uh, Terrence Crawford and Jose Benavidez Jr., uh, who fought on ESPN. Um, before we get to that fight, because I didn't get a chance to catch any good things on the undercard, I know I saw the Shakur... So I'll highlight yeah. that. 
didn't know what else really happened on the undercard, if there was anything worth it. Uh, Michaela Mayer won a title. Uh, former U.S. Olympic boxing team member, 2016, I believe. Um, she beat Vanessa Bradford. Oh, I guess it wasn't for a title. I could have sworn they said on the broadcast that she won a belt, but I'm not seeing one here. Uh, yeah, no. But she won on the prelims for that card. Um, Another dude, uh, Carlos Adama, uh, Adamas. Uh, Dominican boxer, um, I want to say he represented, uh, he was on the national team too, he was, oh, he fought in the World Series of Boxing, that's where I know him from. Um, he had a good showing, apparently, uh, you know, knocked out, uh, Joshua Clod, uh, Conley in two rounds. Uh, Mike Alvarado, um, who washed Walter Waite, I, I hate to put it that way, but he's kind of, he is washed. Um, he got he got a knockout win, his first win in. God, uh, well, it's not his first win in a while, but he, dude probably should stop boxing a while ago. Point being, but you know, there, there's stuff there. Um, uh, like I don't think any of these other dudes. Not not that they're not worth mentioning, but you know, I, I if if you if you know you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I don't know how many people know or care about Steve Nelson. No, Stephen Nelson. No offense to him, but you know, for like eleven and zero fighting in six round fights. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, I guess you know. If you're in the crowd, you know. If you don't, you know. Well, if you don't know, at least you hopefully watch the uh, the main attraction. Uh, Terrence Crawford. Jose Benavidez Jr. Um, so I had to watch this fight kind of. So like I said th- this fight was going on in cahoots with two other cards at the same time. Um, I think Bellator. I want to say Bellator ended by the time it started. Nah. But I, I had I had like three tabs open. I, um, I know that Fedor um, Sonnen ended the like the fourth or fifth round of the Crawford Benavidez fight because okay. yeah, I so, flipped back over to the fight. And then I flipped back over to I got I, um I got to the part where Chael took down Fedor. I was like, you know what? I'm not about to watch this shit. Switched it back over. <laughs> yeah. I waited till the end of the round and I switched back and Fedor's giving like his victory interview. <laughs> See, I did the opposite. Like I had both I had both screens up, but I was kind of watching the Fedor one because I just wanted I like I want to make sure he gets this win. Cause I just, I just, I gotta make sure this actually happens. Um, so I miss, I had the fight up, but I, I probably missed like the first four to five rounds because I wasn't paying attention. And like from round six and on, I caught it, and then I watched uh, some of what I missed earlier this morning. But I think I pretty much got the gist of the fight and the rounds that I saw. Uh, and that is that Terrence Crawford is really, 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 really good at what he does. <laughs> this guy. He he's just like so good like at everything. Like I, I I watch him fight and I'm just like I don't I'm looking at these rounds pass by, especially around like round six up until the finish, and I'm like, Benavidez, I have no idea what you're gonna do or what you're gonna try to do, but um you better hurry up and figure he's it out. He's gonna mean mug. He's, <laughs> he's gonna mean mug his way to its world title. <laughs> Anytime a guy gets hit with a combination and he does the hand throw in the air, 
That means you're losing. Like, <laughs> and he did that repeatedly. He did that every time he got hit, which was a lot. <laughs> my like, my favorite part was when they cut to his dad in like the third round, or the third or fourth round, and he's like, "I don't know why everybody's cheering Terrence Crawford. We're landing punches too." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I remember watching, I don't know if it was the official scorecard, but um, one of the scorecards that flashed across the screen, I think they gave, <laughs> somebody gave Benavidez like one round, and I think they had them tie around, like a 10-10 round. Um, but no, Crawford looked amazing, man. Like, he, he, he fights just really smart. Like, defensively, super solid. Benavidez never really put the man in danger, like, at all. Like, like Benavidez fought above what most people thought he was going to do. Between, like, he, he's, he's been hyped since he was 17, and, like, that video came out of him sparring with Manny Pacquiao and doing kind of okay in it. Like, he he's, like, been hyped as, like, the next big thing at welterweight. And, uh... Super welterweight or junior middleweight or whatever the hell you want to call it, but like it hasn't really panned out that way. Like I thought he lost. Um, God, what was the dude's name? Mauricio Herrera, all the way back in like 2014, and I kind of stopped following him after that. I didn't know he got shot, or if I did, I forgot. Um, so he got shot like two years ago, apparently, back in 2016. Um, according to the commentators, walking his cat at midnight in phoenix which sounds like he was doing some shit he wasn't supposed to and got caught up in the middle um so like he was wearing a knee brace on his back like all fight um and like it, it, it you can tell like he he's not as mobile as he used to be he has to fight you very head on like it, it makes it really hard as a counter puncher to you know not be able to move around your opponent so I, I get a lot of the posturing where it was like, okay, come at me, Crawford, because like that's the only way you're going to get Crawford to stay in one spot is to get him to commit to an attack. So like I, I think Benavidez did way better than most people thought he was going to do, and he still ended up getting knocked out for his trouble. So yeah, like what you gonna do? Very, very viciously. Like <laughs> it just seemed like Crawford just just. Like, after about that sixth and seventh round, I was like, oh, Crawford's just, he's in the groove now. Like, it's, it's a matter of time before this is over. Because he, there were points in the fight where Benavidez just kind of would just back up against the ropes. And I'm like, bro, you, <laughs> you're just asking to get put down. And, like, Crawford just had these little spurts of just combinations that were just vicious. Um, really good at mixing it up. Like I said, dude, defensively is really sound. He doesn't get caught in like bad spots or puts himself in bad situations um and i feel like a lot of a lot of people not even just in boxing like because crawford just strikes me as somebody who's really super technically sound and sometimes those guys can be boring to watch um or, or people perceive them as boring to watch but crawford it just, it looks like a work of art out there like it he makes it look so easy and that 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 uppercut. <laughs> yeah. 
That uppercut. And, and I think that came after one of them little posture moments. Where, where he was like, come at me. And then yeah. Crawford came at him, and then he knocked him down. <laughs> the, the floor woke up Benavidez on that fucking punch, because it looked like he was dead. Like this, the, like a half second after Crawford landed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that, that was one of the meanest uppercuts I've seen this year. Um, I mean, he, he got back up. Props to him. Dude, dude is, he's, he's tough. He got back up. He tried to stay in there. He caught another flurry, and... That was that was all she wrote. Um, yeah, that that was a pretty flawless performance from Crawford. Like, <laughs> you can't really get much better than that. Uh, I don't know what else you want of him unless you want him to just get the finish early. Uh, uh, there was some stuff. There was some stuff. Um, like I, I do feel like he uh, he he got caught up in the middle a little bit too much. Like, you know, um, defensively, this wasn't as sharp as fight defensively. Like. I think, but I think part of that was just like he realized, okay, this is how hard Benavides hits, and he's probably he's slowing down, so he's not going to be hitting any harder. So I'm just going to go fucking buck wild on him and throw like a, a an eight punch combination that he's not going to be able to stop. <laughs> so like I, I get it from like I I get it from that perspective too. So yeah, there, there was some stuff like he, he was very. If you're somebody who really wants to see that Errol Spence fight, like. Benavidez is able to walk down Crawford and you know put him along the ropes and stuff. That that's something to keep an eye on because Spence is just going to throw regardless of what you do because that's just how he is. He's just going to throw a million punches at you. So if you're backing yourself up into the ropes to avoid that, how how does that work out for you? Yeah. So I'll have to ask as the non. You know, I'm like the casual boxing fan. <laughs> but I've been following Errol Spence way longer than I've been following Terrence Crawford. Um, so at this point, are there any other people for them two to fight before they should fight each other? Or can we just kind of, um, you know. Spence is probably going to fight Sean Porter next. Like, I, uh, like the, the word is that they're trying to get that fight done for early 2019. You know, Sean Porter, uh, Sean Porter's coming off that big win over Danny Garcia. Um, you know, uh, Al Heyman just signed Manny Pacquiao. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I can't remember who they were linking that him to fight. I think he was fighting Broner, but like the winner of Broner Pacquiao could easily fight, um, Porter or not Porter, uh, Spence. Like if you're trying to get Spence a bigger name, that's the easiest way to do it. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do because, like, Spence, what they're going to want to do is put Spence Crawford on pay-per-view because that's where you make all your money back. And since you're 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 dealing with two networks like ESPN and Showtime or just PBC, the PBC Hive in general, like, you know, where do you put that fight? You put it on Fox, you put it on Showtime, you put it on ESPN, or do you put it on pay-per-view and split the revenue? And that's what I assume they're going to want to do. But neither one of these dudes has a big enough name to generate any type of buzz on pay-per-view. Like, they'd be lucky if they hit 100,000. Which sucks, because this fight this is probably the best fight in combat sports right now. Yeah, these are two guys who are seem like coming to, like, the peak of their game. So, I, I, 
I, I, I'm optimistic that Bob and Al can get this done. Not that like they have a track record of you know getting it done in the past. So we're still waiting on that um, the Garcia uh, Lomachenko fight. But like I, like I'd, I'd be more confident, I guess, if Crawford came out and said I want to fight Errol Spence, and Errol Spence came out and said I want to fight Terence Crawford. But I, I'm hopeful. Maybe that's the better word. Hopeful. I'm hopeful that that fight can get done because. It's a fight this sport really, 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 really deserves. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember him mentioning Sean Porter, so that fight probably will uh, happen first. I would hope at least by like by like summer twenty nineteen, we're at least talking about this fight in like a serious like, manner. I, I, like, I don't know who else Crawford could fight. Like for those who are, like Benavidez is in the top ten. Welterweight, like if you look at Boxrec, he's like thirty-one, but that's in part because he's been out due to being shot for two years. Like this was his return fight, I think, to be from being shot. You know, this was him taking his chance. Um, like let's see, I'm looking at the top ten. Like I guess I don't know if Amir Khan, what Amir Khan's deal is promotionally. Like I feel like he's probably the one who could get away in terms of like, okay. We don't want to have you guys. We don't have. We don't want to have Terrence Crawford fight on Showtime. So we're gonna have it the fight on ESPN no matter what. So I think probably American. Um, they just had Carlos Adam. Like I said, Carlos Adamas just fought on um the undercard for this fight. So there's him. There's Ugas, but I don't, like I don't think anybody would be excited to see Crawford fight Ugas. And that's that's really it in the top ten. So. I don't know, like, th- there's really not a whole bunch of guys that top rank has that they can put in front of Crawford and expect people to get excited about. Like, maybe they'll be excited just to see Crawford box, but if they're doing the wi- the weird shit where he's, like, fighting twice a year, I, I don't get it. We'll see. I-, I, hope this <laughs> I hope this fight doesn't become, like, the Tony Habib of boxing, where it's just fun to talk about, but... You know, nope. we we just kind of never see it. Or maybe by the time we see it, it's like, eh, nobody really wants to see this. Right. Anymore. Like, but. dude, like, this type of performance is not going to help Crawford. It made him look vulnerable, but he still looked amazing, and he still got the finish at the last second. It makes him look like a killer, which he is. Um, you know, I, I, I hope it did well on ESPN. Like, I, I hope it did, like, good numbers. Like, I know there was a college football game before it. I don't know who was playing. Um, but I, like, I hope the numbers carry over and like Crawford becomes a bigger star because of it, because he deserves it. Yeah, I would say this is the the most, at least within the last two years, the most I've been invested in boxing and like actually going out of my way to watch. Dude, boxing is good right now. Like between yeah. the welterweight division's got a lot of talent. Um, like these the, the heavyweight division still bereft of talent, but has an interesting narrative and interesting characters at the top. Um, the World Boxing Super Series is killing it. Nayu Inoue is out here knocking dudes out in like 20 seconds at 118 pounds. Um, like yeah, it's a fun time to be a boxing fan. Like, good fights are being made. So, uh, so that was uh pretty much it for uh 
this weekend. Um, is there a card next week? Uh, yes, UFC Mockton. Is that next week? God, I, I'm, I'm shit with weeks. Hold up, let me just pull up my... Might be. Is that the, the Uzdemir and... Uh... Smith? Yes. That, oh, wait, that's the 27th. So, no, there's no card next week. Nope. Wait. Wait, oh, PFL 10. <laughs> Cage Warriors ninety eight and PFL nine. Wait, that was the, that was the one we just talked about. Um, now nah, it's just it's like PFL ten. Let's see if there's a boxing card. Where's Invicta? I feel like I haven't seen Invicta. Uh, they have one scheduled for November, I believe. Invicta thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, November, that's November sixteenth. Um, so this uh next week, oh, it was supposed next week was supposed to be um, what's his name, Andrade, and uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Oh, Billy Joe Saunders. So we're not getting that, yeah, but um, yeah. for the like, I mean, there's Katie Taylor versus Cindy Serrano. Uh, there's Tevin uh, Farmer versus James Tennyson, and. Uh, a, a couple of fights for the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, you, you near Dorticos versus Master Knock. I'm not even gonna try his first name. And Emmanuel Rodriguez versus Jason Maluni, with the winner fighting now, uh, now, now, in the way. So, fun times. I mean, there's still stuff. There's always stuff. There's never not stuff. No, no off seasons anymore. Yeah, that's true. Somebody, somebody somewhere is getting kicked in the head or punched in the face every day of the week. Somewhere in the world. World so, star. Uh... <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Stuff stuff is always going down. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week in terms of fights. So, you know, if you did not get a chance to watch uh, Bellator, two, yeah, Bellator 207 and 208, uh, go give those watches. Uh, definitely watch the uh, Terrence Crawford uh, fight and watch that performance. Um, I should probably get around to canceling the zone. I think before they accidentally steal nine ninety nine from me and I forget about it. <laughs> what do they have coming up? Because technically, you could have watched Bellator two hundred eight on the zone, which I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. That, that's the reason I even remembered that I had it. Um, yeah, I don't remember what. what oh, they, they have, have a after. fight nights card next week. Yeah, okay. which is Who's that uh, Maniv and it's my love, it's my love. No, no, I might, no, I might keep it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maniv we'll uh, is the Russian heavyweight dude, the kickboxer guy. No, right. oh, well, I'll see how long I keep the the, the zone the, the around here. But um, let's see, let's see. Yeah. Because yeah. I mainly just kept it for Bellator. And that's um, up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I mean they, they they do have because you said they have KS, uh, they have KSW fight nights, um, the boxing yeah. stuff. So it's not like it's bad. It's it's like I would keep it if I wasn't paying nine ninety nine a month and had deals for other stuff. Um, because I don't think it's like a bad service. Like they have some stuff on there that I'm actually interested in watching. It's just you know priorities, right? <laughs> um, kind of just can't afford to keep adding nine ninety nine to my 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 monthly budget. Like, um. Oh Eventually, we're gonna ha- we're gonna end up with like the movie pass for um for all these streaming services, right? Like, 
somebody's going to sit down and be like, okay, we're just going to make the bundle again. Right. <laughs> but for the internet. <laughs> you, yeah, you get it's... HBO Go, uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney, whatever the hell Disney's streaming service is going to be. Like, I, I don't mind it because in a way, it, it, you know, it's better than paying like a hundred plus for cable and you only watch like three channels. Right. So, you know, and for me, that's why I kind of like Sling TV. I pay my old 24 a month and I get the few channels that I actually care to watch, which I literally just bought the package just so I could watch the fights. Um, and then, uh, you know, nine ninety nine for my Spotify. Just pay a little here and there for the stuff I actually care about. But it does add up after a while. So the zone might not make the cut, but we'll see. But, um, yeah, so those, that's pretty much it for the fights. Um, so go check those out if you did not get a chance to. And I uh, guess we can just uh, close with uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, I don't know. I would throw a shot to Kanye, but I don't really care. I don't really care. I didn't watch the video, to be honest. I just get tired of hearing his name at this point. Um, join, join the club, bro. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm over it. I don't care no more. Yeah, it, it is what it is. The albums haven't been that good lately. Aside from, well, I did enjoy Kitsy Ghost, but everything else he's done within like the last three to four years, I, I just kind of don't care about. Um, but I do have some some shout outs. Um, uh, shout out to the NBA, man. Uh, season kickoff is coming the 16th, I believe. Yep, the 16th. So actually, that should be happening by the time you guys hear this. This episode should be out either on Monday the day before or on Tuesday the day of. Um, so if you are a basketball fan, October 16th, uh, first game of the season starts at 8 p.m. We'll get to see the Celtics versus the 76ers, which should be pretty dope because um, the East is pretty much, with, with no LeBron, the East is kind of open this year. And I think those are pretty much like the two top teams, possibly along with uh, Toronto, that could possibly take the East. So that's a good opening match. Um, then at 10.30 that night, uh, you got OKC versus the Warriors. Um, I don't watch 10.30 games um, because I just don't watch 10.30 games. But <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're an OKC or Warriors fan, uh, definitely give that a look. I'm just happy for the NBA to be back. I, the NBA has really won me back over the last couple of years. I've been getting invested in like actually like looking up players and watching highlights. and it, It's going to be a good season. Um, my Spurs... Um, the injury bug has, uh, aside from losing Kawhi, which hurt, we, we lost Kawhi, Tony Park has gone to Charlotte, um, if, for people who don't know if you're a Spurs fan, we just lost uh, DeJounte Murray to an ACL injury, gone for the year, um, we lost our draft pick, uh, God, I cannot remember, um, I cannot remember the guy's name, he was the guard, Lonnie Walker, um, Lonnie Walker's out, I don't know for how long, but he's injured, and I think we lost. Uh, I think his name was Derek White. So in- injuries are killing us. But <laughs> I don't know what this season gonna look like. But I trust Coach Pop. Um, and we, we luckily we, we still got Demar Derozan. We still got um, uh, uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank. The power forward who shall not be named because he pisses me off in the playoffs. Um, but he's still there. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. And uh, shout outs to um, an anime or animated film that I went to see the other day. Um, 
this movie is entitled MFKZ. Um, it was one of those Fathom event movies, so it's kind of like one of those indie releases that only plays in the theater like twice if it happens to play in your city. Um, but I went to see MFKZ, which uh, I want to say was a uh, collab effort from like a French animation studio and a Japanese one. Um, it was directed by Shojiro Nishimi and Guillaume Renard, if I'm saying that correct. Um, <laughs> this movie was really entertaining, but I also can't tell you what it was really about, but I just know the entire time I watched it, I was entertained. Um, some of the people who did voice actors, so you had uh, RZA was in there, I think Danny Trejo was in there. Um, was it Vince Staples? Yeah. I think Vince, yeah, Vince Staples was in there. Um... It was a pretty entertaining movie. It was it was different. Um, like I said, the story's kind of all over the place. It's kind of one of those movies where they just kind of thrust you in and you you just kind of go along for the ride as 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 it happens. Um, but now art wise, man, the art wise, the movie was really good. I really enjoyed the animation. I really liked the directing style. They did a lot of cool things um, that I don't see too often in terms of directing um, with animation. So I, I thought it was a pretty dope. Uh, indie flick so um, if you get a chance if it's playing in your city or maybe if it ends up on DVD or Netflix somewhere um, it's entitled MFKZ um, I actually the last I checked by the time you hear this episode uh, in my city it played on the 12th or the 11th and the 16th so I already went to see it um, I think the 16th is the last day it plays at least in my area so I don't know if that's the same for all of you but I mean if you get a chance to see it or if it pops up on Netflix sometime in the future um, give it a look. It's a pretty interesting animated movie. Um, definitely not for kids. <laughs> um, it's it's a wild it's a wild movie, but I was entertained the entire time, even though the story was kind of crazy. But it, it, I think I think it's worth a watch. It's it's worth the the hour and like thirty something minutes. Um, pretty entertaining throughout. So shout out to MFKZ, dope indie animated movie. Um, some some a little different to to look at. Um, and I guess my last shout-out to uh, Bellator guy, Mike Kimball, for the six-second KO. Uh, pretty awesome, etching yourself in the, the Bellator history books, time there, uh, fastest KO record. So, uh, shout-outs to him uh, for, for getting that. And that's, uh, oh, and lastly, to reiterate, my book, The Oddball Chronicles, pre-orders available, 99 cents. Much thanks to everybody who's, uh, purchased so far and has you know spread and reposted definitely definitely appreciate you guys i've been working on this for a long 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 time finally gonna be a real thing release date november 12th pre-orders available now link will be in the description below and that's all i got for parting shots all right i got i got jet because i got people weighing a car for me outside so uh nope. a man is just a man in serrano um, sixth division world champion boxer coming over to MMA. Uh, she had a fight before, but went to a draw. Um, she got her first win last night at Combat Americas. Uh, standing rear naked choke after battering this poor woman uh, for about a minute. Um, so props to her. Um, shouts to um, well, I guess shouts to New Jersey. Uh, they just they became the twelfth state in the United in the United States to add uh, girls wrestling to the high school. Um, sports curriculum. So if you're, yeah. So if you're a girl trying to wrestle in um, the state of New Jersey next year, go talk to your local high school coach and um, 
they they should have information for you. So like ten years from now, we might have like a UFC champion who was a wrestler from New Jersey. So yeah, great. And then uh, Shasta Duolingo, who added both Navajo and Hawaiian to their list of um languages. Both languages are uh are you know uh, I don't want to say going extinct, but they are endangered. Um, they're they're not being preserved. So this is it's always great to see you know uh somebody something with an audience that the the um the 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 size of Duolingo's has you know taking interest and trying to preserve a bit of those cultures. So props. So that's all I got. All right. Well. That is uh, pretty much it. This has been episode 106 of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Give us a look on SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Facebook.com. And, uh, yep, we are out of here. So, as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.